It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Alex here with Javier. Andrew's off tonight. We've got a whole bunch of Premier League and Champions League football to recap from the last couple days and to look ahead to coming up this weekend. We've got another big Premier League matchup involving Manchester United at Old Trafford as they will host Arsenal after a 0-0 draw with Chelsea last weekend. Uh, let's jump straight into that because Manchester United, they have uh, they obviously came off that 6-1 uh, loss against Tottenham right before the international break. And right as soon as they return from international duty, they've had a 4-1 win at Newcastle, beaten PSG away, drew with Chelsea 0-0 last weekend, and now have just beaten RB Leipzig in the Champions League 5-0. As a fan of Arsenal, who's going up to Old Trafford this weekend, are you confident that you can uh, keep them out like Chelsea were able to? Or uh, are you starting to get a little bit worried about this one, Javier? Well, like, of course, as soon as I get on my Arsenal horse, which was like a little tiny pony or like a little steed, little Shetland pony, I just got, I just, yeah, I just got fucking just knocked off immediately off of it. And I'm back on in like my mud, mud face just got off of, off the mud. So I'm just like, I'm going to be very cautious about this and say, probably not, probably not. You know, we haven't, uh, Arsenal still have yet to get that, that elusive away win at a top six club. In the last, like, f- I think, four years, it's been since 2016. So, I'm not thinking it's going to be here. I think I'd be pretty happy with a draw in this game. But I don't think it's that big of an ask to say. Even after watching United just put five past RB Leipzig fairly easily, I, I still think Arsenal are set up, and Arteta specifically does set you guys up to defend first, which is how Frank kind of approached that game last weekend from a Chelsea perspective. And, you know, there were maybe three or four good chances between both teams the entire game, two good chances for Manchester United, which Mendy managed to save. If you guys can sit in a low block, I don't think United are that well equipped at the moment to really break that down unless they're, you know, doing their usual get into the box and use their quickness to try and win penalties. So so I think the big question, a couple big questions defensively for Arsenal are who's going to play center back? Because I think right now David Luiz is injured, Holding is injured, Mustafi just came back off of injury. Um, so if we have to start a back three of Mustafi, Gabriel, Tierney, while of course Gabriel and Tierney are, are, are very good defenders, I'm not we confident of a Mustafi who's been there. out for... Xhaka yeah. played there against uh, Leicester. And, and, and like, we initially thought that was going to be a 4-3-3, but when they ended up going out into the field, we noticed he's at left center back. Yeah, he was at left center back most of the game, which was a little How did little that look? Odd. I wasn't really focusing on him mainly. The problem is, is his he's just very slow in that area of the pitch. So I feel like if you're up against someone like Marcus Rashford or, or Anthony Martial, you'd well, I guess Martial's out for this game. That's his last suspended game, isn't it? So Right. Right. That that's one benefit that we'll have, I suppose, that 
it could be a little boost for us, but I mean, Greenwood scored today in the Champions League. Maybe he's back, so it's not a bad replacement for them. And also, Donny Van de Beek starting. He looked really good in in his first start for Manchester United, and it sucks that they're figuring out that they probably have to play him in the midfield with with Pogba and Fred and and Bruno. And I think that combination of if those four players start with you know Martial and Greenwood up top, similar diamond midfield. I think we're going to have a little trouble. You know, I think they're going to create a lot. They're going to probably dominate in midfield, and it's going to rely a lot on on how Partey and, and Ceballos play because um, in the last game against Leicester, you could tell Ceballos, he was coming off an injury. He wasn't fully fit, and he is very crucial for us in the midfield. You know, he dictates a lot of play. Partey's still, you know, finding his feet. So I'm cautiously, I'm not I'm not optimistic, but, I, you know, I think like a 1-1 draw would be a, a decent result I don't think we'll be able to keep a clean sheet against Manchester United at home, uh, away from home and how well that they, they've been playing recently, you know, since that 6-1 loss, like you said. See, I'm, I'm probably going to sound a little confused by saying this uh, because I think it ultimately leads to uh, it, it could really go either way, draw or win for both sides, obviously. But I, I think it's really hard to predict how Solskjaer is going to line United up for this particular game. When you've seen in the last three games, we may have criticized him for not being the most tactically uh, astute manager. But in the last three games, he's gone from a, uh, a 5-3-2 at PSG that got them a very impressive 2-1 result, where frankly they deserved it, to a uh, 4-2-3-1 against Chelsea. Where you know they didn't, they, they didn't play amazingly, but they managed to not lose and not. They could have come uh, out with a win, yeah. If Mendy had they, they made those have, saves, yeah, they yeah. probably had two better chances than us. And then a uh, a four four two diamond in the midfield uh, this midweek against RB Leipzig that ends up generating them five goals. Granted, Rashford came on at the perfect time and was able to sort of start that that surge of goals, but. That's three like pretty different systems we've seen him trot out in like three days or sorry three different games that you know it's hard to really say how he's going to uh, utilize those same sort of options against Arsenal. I mean, uh, Bruno Fernandez didn't start in this RB Leipzig game. Ended up coming on along with Rashford and played the, one of the the killer pass that uh, put Rashford in for two nil. So yeah, it's scary uh, that they got to rest Rashford and Bruno for this game. Basically, you know, they only had to play 20, 30 minutes and they're going to be fresh at the weekend, but I'm sure we're going to be yeah. able to rest a lot of our players, you know, and play most of our second team. We're playing, I think, Dundalk at home in the Europa League. So I'm sure a lot of our younger players and and, and players that have been on the fringe will be able to play. A big worry is also Aubameyang, who has won since he got that new contract, hasn't scored a goal. Hasn't had an assist, and I think he has like four shots on target total. Yeah, since he's got. He yeah, exactly. Contract. You know, there's there's players who get more more shots in a half than he's gotten in like five or six games now. So it's very very worrying. There was talk of him, you know, carrying a little injury. It's he hasn't been playing awful. He's still been pressing and like dropping back defensively and playing well defensively. But like, that's not where you want Aubameyang. You know, you want him in the middle getting goals and. Like you said, I mean, United have been looking tactically more astute in these last few games, changing their formation, and I don't know. I'm very. This is like this is a big test for Arteta right now. You know, this is this is a defining for me, kind of a defining point in the season where we can't just keep getting losses in these big games. You know, you can excuse it a couple of times, losing against Liverpool, and Manchester City, 
I think if you lose against Leicester and Manchester United, four losses in the first seven games, no, but it would just be, it would not be good, a good start, you know, it would not be a good start. So it it would only have, we would only have wins against Sheffield, Fulham and West Ham, which the West Ham one looks decent, but you know, we barely snuck out with that one. So you know, I'd really love to see a, a big performance in one of these games. I've, I was hoping it would come before this game, but you know, after this game, we've got a pretty easy run of games for the next couple of months, so I'm sure we'll pick up some wins there. But it'd be great to start off with this United game with at least a draw, you know, not not lose at a, okay. at a top six rival. So what, uh, what prediction would you put out there into the universe? I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Yeah, that's the one that like kind of calls to me too, but I think I'm going to... Ride with United a little bit more and say three uh, one United, especially with some of your yeah, injuries in the back. Yeah, I could see it. Honestly, I could I could absolutely see it. So and Rashford loves a goal against Arsenal as well. Same he does. Kind of profile he's, as he's on he's on very very good form. So yeah. I'm a little bit scared of him. Also, shout out to Fred. I feel like we 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 didn't mention enough of Fred, but that was the I'm Fred, Fred from uh, Shakhtar Donetsk we saw today uh, against yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, I like Fred. He was, he was excellent. I've always thought he looks good when he's got support around him in the midfield, not when he's in the two-man midfield, even though he has looked decent there before, but when he's got, you know, Donny van de Beek and, and Pogba around him, he's very good at those one-twos and, and playing balls in between the line and stuff like that, so I think he's, he's a better player than people give him credit for. Sure, so... Uh, Manchester United's opponents last weekend were my very own Chelsea Football Club. We don't have to talk about us too much if you don't want, because uh, we do have a matchup this weekend with uh, Burnley away after uh, beating Krasnodar very, away. A very uh, desperate today. Burnley. Yeah, uh, a very, very desperate, desperate Burnley, Burnley sure. which kind of puts it in the back of my mind that we're going to do the typical Chelsea early season thing where we go in too confident and... Uh, just get frustrated and lose 1-0 or draw 1-1, something like that. But another part of me thinks we're kind of finally healthy. We're starting to get some players who were uh, kind of had injuries at the start of the season, like Pulisic and ZX, started, started getting them up to speed with a couple of substitute appearance and appearances uh, for ZX and then a starting appearance today against Krasnodar. Uh, Pulisic came on and scored against Krasnodar. He's started a couple games in a row in the Premier League, and Werner and Havertz are still doing well to uh, nurture that sort of chemistry between them and Pulisic and, and, and ZX. So a, a part of me thinks if Frank plays his cards right here, and that's not a guarantee because some of the lineups have kind of led to strange performances of late, but if he plays his cards right here against Burnley, and I think goes for the jugular with as many attacking options as possible, I think there's a chance that we can kind of smother them early and just sort of get out, get out, get out of there like pretty early with a big lead. We've scored three or four goals at Burnley each of the last three seasons, I think. So it's not a ground that we've uh, done poorly at and haven't been able to score goals at. Uh, I think what you saw in the second half against Krasnodar today, where we took off Jorginho and Kovacic, brought on Kante and Mount and Pulisic, and played Kante as a lone defensive midfielder in a flat three midfield with uh, Mason Mount and Kai Havertz either, either side of him, and P- Christian Pulisic on the left wing and Hakim Ziyech on the right wing. 
I think against this kind of profile of team in Burnley, I think that kind of formation isn't going to be too crazy to play. I know it seems too attacking and too lopsided and not enough like steel and midfield, but I think you can trust Thiago Silva and Golo Kante and Kurt Zuma to sort of cover for most counterattacks, especially against a team that's struggling like Burnley. Yeah, we might concede on a set piece or something, but I think we score three or four and we run out like 3-1 or 4-1 winners. Uh, I mean, do you, do you, are you seeing any signs from Burnley, especially from that Tottenham loss they had on Monday night that make you think that they can no, pull off I the mean, upset No, I mean, they did play, they played okay against Tottenham. You know, it, it may have actually been their best game of the season in terms of being able to stay with their opponent and they They're starting to get a bit threatening. healthier. Yeah. They got Barnes back. They got back. Tarkowski back. They got Barnes back. They, Harry Kane cleared a ball off the line when it was still nil-nil in like the 70th minute. You know, uh, this Burnley side, we always we've counted them out multiple seasons in a row, and they've come back usually when you least expect them to. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a big big Burnley performance here. And Chelsea were, you know, the the Robin Hood of of last season, where they were stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. So, you know, you want to you want to see if they. Season. Oh no, I know it's been a lot. It's been two or three years now of, of Chelsea doing that. So, but I want to see if Chelsea can kind of get rid of that gene of, you know, the team that's bottom of the table or near bottom hasn't gotten a win in, in five or six games. Is Chelsea going to be the team that gives them their win? And it's hard to tell, you know. But like you said, I think Chelsea attacking wise, you guys look like you're starting to gel, and you've got you know a couple couple hundred mil in attacking ten new attacking talent in your team and. It's, it's been going to work. So you've been getting goals. You got a goal from ZH today. Got a goal from Pulisic. We got a man at the match performance from ZH today. He was he was the best I've seen him since he's uh, come back and been having these substitute appearances. Th- those haven't really been friendly to him. He I kind of I kind of feel games. like Chelsea. You know, you guys have had a couple of three three draws. It feels like there's going to be more games like that. Where maybe uh, I think no, you guys no, will no, win no, this no, too. No, no. But I could see like a like come a three on, two. Come on, man! Uh, you're completely ignoring the Mendy effect. He's, that's uh, true. When Mendy's played, he's, he's clean had clean sheets in his four five clean appearances. Sheets. Yeah, that's true. Including that's against true. United and Sevilla. So, uh, I'm not saying he's going to be guaranteed a clean sheet here, but I, I think there's a lot of uh, fragilities that you associate with this Chelsea defense that have just kind of automatically gone away with his command of the box and just his ability to make basic saves. You know, teams were just shooting from ridiculous areas just because they thought, why not? It's Kepa in goal. Now people don't even try that. And if they do, he's he's like six foot six or six foot five. He's big enough to get on the end of most long shots that were flying into the top corner before. So I, I'm optimistic, but again, yeah, like we said, that, that's in the back of my mind that we could just, you know, continue this trend from pa- uh, past season w- where we just allow these teams at the bottom of the table to get some kind of result against us. So uh, I'm probably going to yeah, stick by my 3-1. I'll stick to 3-1. What, what do you think? I'm going to say 3-2 Chelsea. 3-2 Chelsea. Okay. Well, that makes for a very exciting game. What looked like a pretty easy game to predict a couple weeks ago, now all of a sudden uh, seems one of the more interesting games of the weekend. Liverpool hosting West Ham uh, Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Uh, there's been another injury. I need to double check on how long he'll be out for, but it looks like Fabinho pulled up with a... Uh, Apparently Salah also came off hurt yesterday in the Champions League as well. Salah and Fabinho, I think so the Salah injury isn't supposed to be that important, but it's a little bit scary. Yeah, they're left without 
pretty much uh, every center back except uh, Go- Gomez, Joe Gomez is healthy, right now. Yeah. I think Joel Matip is scheduled to return this weekend, but we don't know if he's fit enough to play. Uh, we saw Reese Williams, I think it was, uh, come on for that Champions League game against uh, Mitch Island and uh, you know, play well enough. They still conceded a few chances that Mitch Island would probably think they should have finished off. Uh, but he's uh, he's next man up now. I thought we'd see someone like Sepp Vanderberg, the, uh, the the Dutch center back they signed a couple years ago as a teenager. I thought he would be the next one up from the academy, but it looks like this it's this Reese Williams kid. So he looks maybe... pretty good when we played them in the Carabao Cup earlier this season. He's okay. like a big six four guy, he's relatively quick for. Yeah, it looks for like he's trying to do like a, and... a Van Dyke impression with his hair. He he is, and he's pretty good. Honestly, he was. I, I, I he looked pretty good to me. So I I wouldn't be surprised he slots in there. I think West Ham also have a very 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 big injury on their hand. Uh, Antonio's out for this game, and he's been their talismanic goal scorer. So. I don't know where they're going to find goals. People are saying maybe Jared Bowen's going to play center forward. You know, you've got Haller off the bench, but he doesn't do anything close. He doesn't have the same type of like hold up play or work rate as I think someone he has like the same Antonio. Kind of hold up play, but yeah, the work rate is missing, and just like the general mobility. Mikel general Antonio mobility, right? It, it just feels like Antonio was playing, was just keeping every all the center backs preoccupied. You know, since he's he's been the second best goal scorer. Other than Mohamed Salah, since Project Restart started, so and you know in this calendar year he's been one of the top goal scorers in the league, and they're gonna really really miss him. You got to think, you know, Bowen's got to step up, Fornals got to step up, and I think we're gonna see a little bit of a different West Ham team. I could see this trying being a really cagey performance, and you know Liverpool maybe coming out with like a a two one win or a one nil win, something like that. So kind I think both that teams Sheffield are. Game. Yeah, I think both teams are going to try to not concede, and they've got big players out, and I think they're going to try to to kind of feel each other out. And I think Liverpool are going to approach this in a in a more defensive way than they might normally approach a home game with West Ham. I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine them being able to pull that off because you know David Moyes, you know his modus operandi seems to be to do the exact same thing, and you know away at Anfield. You know, it's good. the the onus is going to be on Liverpool to be the attacking and be the aggressive side. So I don't know how you pull uh, pull that off. Uh, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be tough uh, to handle. But I, I'm wondering. I think if with see no maybe Antonio, like, like Stephen, like uh, sorry, Jordan Henderson, or maybe like Wijnaldum go in at centre back because they seem to have Oof, kind of no. enough midfielders no, now. Where you, I, th- I think play. Curtis Williams is going to. I think he's going to start if they really. Don't is it have William? is it Reese Williams? No. Am, am I messing Reese up the Williams? Name? Maybe I don't. Reese I don't Williams. know his That's name. What I thought. I think it's Reese. You're, you're Insert right. Insert generic English name. Right. Here. No, they have Curtis Jones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Curtis but Jones, I, I, think, I know him. I just think that it's Reese Williams. I can confirm. They're going to be. They're going to be okay defensively if they have their their usual midfield in there. If you know, if they have Tiago, they're going to control the ball. They're, they'll have seventy percent possession or something. And you got to think they're still going to be able to create if if they've got. You know, two of Firmino, Salah, and Mane, and Yota seems to be still scoring important goals for them, coming off the bench. And if he has to start in place of a Salah, who's not a hundred percent fit, um, you know, you, you got to think that it, they're not going to lose too much power offensively. You know, with a Salah coming in off the bench or whatever. So uh, I, I still like Liverpool in this game. I'm going to say. 
I'm going to say 2-0 Liverpool. I'll say 2-1 Liverpool. I think West Ham can get on the score sheet. Sebastian Haller is uh, he's going to be hungry now to take this opportunity. So I, I'm not guaranteeing he plays well, but I, I think it's this is the time to do it. This is the time to force your way back into the team after a pretty kinda, big money move I kind of think he's season. going to play Jared Bowen at center forward. I don't know how you can do that. That's like it's not where he plays. Like he's best cutting in from the right. I just want to see Haller central with Jared Bowen on the right and Saeed Ben Rama on the left. I, I was going to say, just, I, want right I was going to say, it's enough for a Ben Rama start. You get Ben Rama on the right, and yeah, if you have Ben Bowen Rama in the and middle. Bowen on the wings, you can play Haller through the middle, and he his his link up play. He, he's will just play so both of them he's in. just so lazy. Like he just is. I don't know. Hey, he doesn't so feel is, like so he's a moist type Giroud, player. But if you get yeah. them in the right situation, they can be very useful. So I don't know. I, I think it's worth going with the the, the more talented and natural center forward option than it is sticking a young winger there. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stick to Liverpool 2-1. Uh, we're not, we haven't got too many huge games this weekend. We have uh, we could maybe hit on... Uh, what about Newcastle. top six contenders leads? Well, well I, I was going to finish on that one, to be honest. But I mean, we could probably talk Sheffield United and Man City. Man City, yeah. even though they're missing Gabriel Jesus and uh, looks like Sergio Aguero is out injured again for another month. Uh, it looks like they've kind of found a little tonic to their problems. They've stuck Ferran Torres at center forward, and obviously Kevin De Bruyne has come back. That definitely helps. Um, so this combination of Sterling, De Bruyne, Ferran Torres at center forward, and uh, Phil Foden kind of playing wherever Pep needs him to has kind of re-sparked Manchester City's attack. And they've had some good performances in Champions League and uh, kind of an underwhelming one last weekend against uh, West Ham. But... I think that was mainly because De Bruyne was still out injured. Uh, he, he came on at the end, but uh, I, I really do think after what I saw against Marseille uh, on Tuesday night, like they've they've got something in Ferran Torres playing up there. He's not obviously a natural center forward, but he works his ass off and he does well to anticipate uh, when he's you know triggering the press up top. He anticipates balls and was able to win a couple back against Marseille in particular. So uh, I think they've got a good chance to continue Sheffield United's uh, really bad start to the season, which doesn't get any easier because I think they have Chelsea next weekend. Yeah, they have so. Chelsea United and then I think Liverpool after that. Like they have no, an they awful just play run. They just right, played Liverpool. Right, right, right. They just, they're, I think they're going to start the season off with eight losses or seven losses and a draw, whatever. But I agree with you. I think that Manchester City won't shouldn't have too many problems here. I do think it's going to be only a, like a one or two goal game. I don't think they're going to, they're going to trounce Sheffield. I think that Sheffield showed... They've, they've been showing that defensively they're still a good team. Right, they're they not just, getting blown out in any of these games. They, just they, don't haven't, have any... they just haven't found their their scoring touch that they seem to randomly get last season where they you know get a couple of goals from their center backs and or their strikers would you know blast in a brace or something. But you haven't seen enough of that this year and you really haven't seen those, those classic Sheffield... You know, cut it back from the byline and get it in, get it into the box moves. It feels like a lot of teams caught, caught on to that strategy, you know, especially in the offseason. Well, a little bit of an, there was not much of an offseason, but it feels like they got away with that last season and they're not getting away with it this season. And, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be in a relegation scrap, you know, uh, come the yeah, end of the season. Like it. So, it, you know, they have, a, they have a very good manager who a lot of people were calling for him to be the manager of the season last year. Um, and, it's going to be his job to to find something different and to get something different out of this team. I think the biggest 
difference is going to be this Rian Brewster starting, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll get the start against Manchester City and we'll see if he can make a difference to this team. But uh, I think that Manchester City in these next couple of games are going to be a little bit too early for Sheffield and for Brewster. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 3-0 City. Wow. Okay. I thought you were going to say it was going to be like a one or two, <laughs> but yeah, I'd say, I'd say three nil also maybe two nil if uh, Sheffield play well. Uh, yeah. I don't have anything really to add to that, to be honest. The, actually one other thing I'd add on top of the uh, cutbacks from the byline that are missing for Sheffield are those really deep crosses. They play from uh, not really wide positions, but from deeper, like closer to midfield. And they'd play them like really directly and with a lot of pace on them to like the near post to see if they could get someone to get a glancing header that the keeper would then save. And then there would be a, like a, a bustle in the box. And that's how some of their goal, their their uh, scorers were like Billy Sharp and McBurney would get their goals and at least Mousset. So those seem to have dried up because they don't seem to hold possession well enough and sort of gradually build so that their whole team can progress up the field. They're just trying to do like hoof and hope now, which is was not their identity at all. And I don't see them being able to improve on that against City. So I'll stick to three now. The uh, Tottenham Bright Brighton game on uh, Sunday at two fifteen. Briefly, briefly before we talk about that, I feel like the the Newcastle Everton. I know that you you're, oh, okay, you're off you're the right. Everton train, right. Alex. We, we have to talk about Everton because they did suffer their they first did, loss of they, the season, which I did, which I did say that I thought could happen against Southampton, and you know, especially without James Rodriguez, they he definitely struggled. He did, but he didn't play well. Uh, they definitely struggled offensively with him and what Alex said, you know, big Vestigard was clearing out all those balls against Calvert-Lewin and Calvert-Lewin really didn't get any chances. So, uh, Southampton looked really good and I didn't expect a two nil win like that. I thought, thought it was going to be stick yeah. a big feller on him and Calvert-Lewin all of a sudden turns to, sh- to shite. <laughs> but uh, I think that this Newcastle Everton kind of proposes or kind of poses some of the same problems that Southampton posed to Everton. Uh, you know they're a robust defensive team who play well on the counterattack, and Callum Wilson. You know they've been playing kind of like a four four. I think it's it's a little bit on balance, but they play like they've been playing Almiron, Callum Wilson, um, Ryan Frazier, and Alan San Maximan. And yeah, and Alan San Maximan, which is a lot of wide players who then have to drop into midfield and they've been kind of using that pivot of Hendrick and I mean it depends they haven't played the whole the, the same team every week but you've seen like Isaac Hayden in there John Joe Shelby yeah Hendrick has played mostly as like a number 10 when they have played like a 4-2-3-1 but I've also seen them play like 4-4-2 like you said with like a bunch of wingers and they've stuck Callum Wilson and San Maximan like up top together and kind of just had them take turns dropping in to uh, help in possession and help win the ball back Okay, so yeah, no, so they they played last week, they played a five at the back, and it was basically just Jeff Hendrick in midfield with Al Maron, and then Ryan Frazier, Sam Maximan, and Wilson up top, and I I mean, they they got the result against Wolves, you gotta think an away draw against Wolves is a decent result. It was really lucky, to be fair, I mean, Wolves scored their goal, Uh, Jimenez's goal was nice, 80th minute, like... It was looked like it was going to be a typical 1-0 Wolves where they just defend well for most of the game and then get the important goal and shut up shop. But then uh, Patricio made that mistake on the free kick that let Murphy score. So 
it, it's hard to say whether it was uh, like Wolves not really giving them the sucker punch when they should have, or whether it's just Newcastle playing well. I, I'm not that enamored with anything Newcastle are doing right now. Uh, not as much as I was with Southampton. So I, I think this is going to be a tough fought probably 3-1 win for less uh, for Everton sorry okay uh, you know, I'm, a, a week off for James Rodriguez to recover I I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure going to I'm going to say 2-1 like, Everton but I think it's going to be hard fought and I could even see a draw coming out of Newcastle here okay uh so yeah the Tottenham Brighton game I don't know whether I should be hopeful as a Chelsea fan that Brighton get the result here because it feels like they always play sort of well and then shit the bed against any team uh, close to Tottenham's sort of like caliber of player. Uh, but, you know, Tottenham have had games like against Newcastle and uh, the West Ham game where they've let their concentration slip and it's uh, they, they've paid for it. So a part of me thinks, will Tottenham screw this up? Uh, no, no Alex. No, Son, Son and so. Kane are gods. Yeah, they're playing just too well right now. And uh, I don't, still... I don't, I don't see any slip ups right now. And Brighton have been shit defensively. We haven't really seen the Brighton last season. You, we saw them getting some clean sheets. Like they, they seem to keep the score down. They weren't getting scored three and four goals like they have been so far this season. And I really expected them to get that win against West Brom last week and a one-one draw in a game that West Brom probably should have won. They look pretty good against Brighton. I'm I'm gonna really favor Tottenham here, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three one Tottenham, or maybe even four one. I think it's gonna be a a pretty easy game for Tottenham. I think just yeah. the way, like you said, the way Son and, and Kane are playing, and the way that Endombele honestly has been playing as well. He's been he's been kind of a talisman for them in the midfield. Something that they just didn't have last season. A player who could drive through the midfield. I mean, I know they've had Sissoko, but he he never had the end product. Right now, they have a player who. It's, it's what they've been crying out for, just a player who can defensively do the dirty work as well as you know move the ball 20, 30 yards up the field and then deliver a killer pass. So if Ndombele is doing all those things, I think it's going to be really hard for teams to, to deal with this Tottenham side who have runners coming in and they've, they've got really, really good players off the bench in, in you know Lucas Mora and, and Gareth Bale who can come on as well as Giovanni Lo Celso. And I think right now, an injury-free Tottenham with all the options that they have, as well as Aurier and Doherty being able to switch games off at right back and and Davies and Regulon being able to switch games off at left back. It seems like Mourinho's keeping the team fresh, and, and when you've got a fresh Mourinho team with a lot of options that's playing well, you know he tends to go on runs. So I, I kind of feel like Tottenham are one of those. They can go on a run because I, I, I'm going to say this for every team this season. The injuries will come for all of us. If they haven't already, they will at some point. Uh, so how Tottenham react when uh, one or both of Son and Kane are uh, out of the lineup is going to be a huge uh, uh, indicator as to whether they can, you know, mount a serious top four challenge and maybe even, in Mourinho's mind, a title challenge. Because like we said, it's wide open now that Van Dyke is out for the season and City look to be not really themselves anymore. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm sure Mourinho will be talking that into uh, the Tottenham players' uh, ears plenty as uh, they look around the league right now. Uh, the last like truly must-watch game of the weekend is definitely going to be Leeds and Leicester uh, next Monday at 3 p.m. Bielsa God, Alex. I tried to tell you, Alex. I tried to tell you, Bielsa God. Javier. Listen, if that had happened when I put down the prediction of Wolves beating Leeds, 
I would have looked like an idiot. But I didn't back Aston Villa as much as I backed Wolves. I said, like, theoretically, you could see them doing something like Wolves, but it ended up Patrick Bamford. It's Bamfordinho. He was just too much for uh, for Villa. Well, why does Patrick Bamford have so many more goals than Timo Werner, the 60 million pound signing? You guys used to have Bamford. Are you not uh, Are you not mad that uh, Bamford's going to have more goals than Werner hey, at the end I of the season? Marcelo Bielsa, he's known for getting a tune out of players that uh, other managers have struggled to get anything out of before. Can that, I just say magic. that who's the the English midfielder Kevin Phillips? He was out Calvin. for this game. Calvin Phillips. He was out for this game against Leeds, and they started this this Dutch player Pascal Struik in his stead, and he came off injured in the twenty first minute. They had to bring on their like kid English midfielder Jamie Shackleton, who's only ever made two appearances for them, and they still came out three 0 winners. And so, absolutely dominated, could have scored more goals. So that okay, that three nil. I feel feel like that three nil was kind of similar to. This is gonna they sound had like twenty seven shots, Alex. But, okay, you know how United they went up with sixty percent possession, and then after going up, once you have the lead, that influences your opponents into having to come forward and leaving themselves exposed. That that was just like the tip. That was exactly the blueprint for that for what uh, happened to Villa last Friday. At least in my mind, like Villa haven't had a haven't had to play from behind yet this season, and they just fell apart once they had to open themselves up to do it. Once they didn't have that counterattacking option anymore, they looked a little bit normal. So that's something to watch out for with them. But for for Leeds against this Leicester City team that just frustrated the living hell out of Arsenal, uh, if, if Vardy's back and starting, and Madison is playing as well as he's been uh, playing, don't and do it, now Alex. You've got Sengiz Under. Uh, I'm saying Leeds win this one. <laughs> oh my, what just happened? Alex is on the Leeds train now? Have I got you finally Brendan on the Rogers. train? He went to Arsenal and he got Leicester's first win at Arsenal since like 1972. Right. By counterattacking and parking the bus and frustrating the shit out of them. He's going to do the same thing to Leeds. Wait, you just said Leeds are going to win. Sorry, Leicester. Sorry, Leicester oh. are going to win. Whoa, Lester. what the fuck? Lester. I was so excited I there. Up. It's two It's two teams what? that start with the letter L. No, Alex, Leeds are going to win this game. Leicester City are going to win. At least they're going to get a draw. Leicester City are going to win this game. I'm glad we disagree on this. They're going to do the exact same thing they did to Arsenal. You heard it here first. <laughs> I, have, I have yet to see a team do that to Leeds or be able to shut down Leeds' play. You know, oh, no, I didn't say anything about shutting them down. But, you know, Wolves did the same thing. The first half was rough. Leeds could have scored against Wolves uh, two weeks ago, but they, did. they didn't. They, they, they didn't. And Wolves uh, defended well and got their goal midway through the second half and defended from there. And it was frustrating for Leeds. And I think uh, Leicester yeah, I could see, I could see Leicester thing. doing something similar. They did something similar against us um, this last weekend where they really frustrated us and you know, I didn't really talk about that game, but that was a bullshit goal that was called offside in the twelfth minute. And I know if I'm not, I don't want to talk too much about Arsenal anymore. But I just want to say that yeah, we should we have about them in the United. Yeah, we, we we should have gotten at least a draw out of that game. I don't think a, a, a loss was fair there. But I don't know. Avoid having said chance, that, it's like a one v one, like right after they went up one nil. So having it said been that, like two nil. Leeds are, I think, going to give every team that they play the first time this season, they're going to give them a lot of trouble. I think it's going to be, and I think they're they're just so confident right now. They're flying high. Their manager's fantastic. And I don't know. I'm I, I'm actually going to call for a Leeds win here. I'm going to say 2-1 Leeds. Okay. I'm going to say 2-1 Leicester. Leeds haven't met Jamie Vardy yet. 
there are certain Premier League players that uh, did you see that kid Rafinha, the, the Brazilian line. Brazilian kid when he came on, he looked he looked pretty filthy too for Leeds. No, I didn't see him. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll be sure to check him yeah, out. Yeah, you got check out Rafinha and Helder uh, Costas playing amazing. Bamfordinho's you know probably the best player in the league outside of Harry Kane right now. No. <laughs> but uh, let me let me just mention a couple other games before we go. Uh, there's going to be on Friday night uh, or Friday afternoon here in the states Wolves Crystal Palace. Battle of two very defensive-minded teams. Ooh, that uh, might be a boring be, one. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Aston Villa and Southampton, uh, 7 a.m. on Monday. What else? Fulham and West Brom, Monday at 12.30 p.m. West Brom fans are getting a hell of a lot of Monday kickoffs this year. Uh, you got to feel for them. They're just getting stuck with the, the shitty early Monday slot every single week. Um, but yeah, there's, it's, a, it's a good weekend of uh, Premier League games. I just got to say, Premier League, why are Chelsea playing... Wednesday and then Saturday. Like, why couldn't Chelsea play on Sunday or Monday? I don't know. That's, I don't know. I'm not going to complain stupid. too much. They made, they made Man City play Wednesday no, and Saturday. I know. And, and Guardiola, Klopp, Mourinho, everyone's complaining about how shit the scheduling is right now. So we it's something to Saturday watch as well. All you guys are playing Europa League, so you have to play Sunday or Monday. So yeah, yeah. That's, but that's just, that's just how it falls. Uh, I'm fine with it, but let's wrap things up for this week. Javier, thank you for jumping on for a late night edition of the Ghost Gold podcast. You can follow us on social media at JavierRev9 on Twitter and Instagram for his socials, at ASMoss92 for mine, at Andrew Passaro for Andrew's socials, and at Ghost Gold Pod for the podcast. Until next time, thank you.